She Loves Herself with Jill Ritchie, showing you how to embrace vulnerability and unearth your power within. Okay, so welcome back to another brand new episode of She Loves Herself, the podcast with me, your host, Jill Ritchie. And today I have such a very special guest on the podcast. Now, welcome back, Ellis Russell, to the She Loves Herself podcast. Ellis, hello. Hello. Right, Ellis, we are recording this on Friday the 20th of October. And I was like, Ellis, I really want you to come back on and let's just have a really beautiful honest real conversation we have been talking for over an hour and we hadn't had a record <laughs> <laughs> we were just doing a bit of a catch-up and then we, we just started talking and a couple of times we actually said right we need to start recording and then we went on this <laughs> stop we need to start recording so the intention for this episode so for you guys listening is just to grab a cuppa and like spill the tea just enjoy being part of this open conversation and dialogue that Ellis and I are having the reason I wanted Ellis to come on is because Ellis there's so many authentic amazing people out there Ellis but what I really love and I've always loved about you is the way that you don't filter yourself like you just (laughs) well you just speak right you are who you are I admire that about you um, I I love how you show the real parts of you that I feel like are so needed um, mm. right now that people need to get the real get the real shit get the real life stuff that's going on and you know you've been in the personal development world for a number of years now we've known each other for a number of years yeah. um, but not to sort of paint this picture perfect life and actually just share the the real fucking struggles that so many oh, totally. of us have, no matter how much bloody work we've done right oh I a million percent all and that's kind of what we've been speaking about like this morning before we hit record like no matter how much work you might be doing have done or still doing you're no immune it just real life shit whether it's relationship, your wings driving you nuts, like whatever it is, we're all still in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I actually think that's a, a false narrative that's sold to us a lot of the time, especially on social media. And I don't want to be on social media because there's so many amazing things that come from it, but there's also a lot of things that really create a false sense of who we should be in our life because this ideal of well when you do this course or you do this training or you do this work on yourself then you're kind of then you get this end result of this life where everything's great you can Mm -hmm. have brilliant conversations and you're in your power and nothing touches the sides and life is good and you're manifesting the shout of everything that you want and it's false it's it's not truth and when people then are sold this and then it doesn't happen for them they number one start to distrust people or number two they think that there's something wrong with them because why are they not why have they not manifested the perfect life after they've done all that work Mm -hmm. because I don't believe that the perfect life that is the perfect life having all the things all the material things for me what I've really learned and I really want to get your view on this what I've really learned over 
the years and what I try to say to people is you will do this work, but you will still face adversity. You will still face challenge. You will still face shit. It's actually who you become on the the journey. It's the lessons that you can take from it. It's being able to notice when this this fear comes or this this trigger is ignited within you, how you can then work with that part of yourself and and be able to hold it without having to think, I'm never going to feel pain again. I'm never going to feel grief or I'm never going to feel sadness. It just doesn't work. As long as you're a human, you're going to face that no matter what you do. I definitely, definitely agree. And I also think as well, like, and I've been there, like when you start this stuff, I think you think that you're going to be fixed and that you're going to feel better and Obviously, that does come, but that comes with awareness. There's no end goal, I would say, when you're doing this stuff. Like, there's not, you're not going to do a course or, you know, meditate for a month or whatever it might be, and then you're going to be fixed after it. There's no end goal. Like, with this stuff, you're just going deeper and deeper and deeper. And actually, for me, anywho, like, as you said, I've been doing this for a good few years now. And this year, holy shit, has been wild. And I know I'm not the only one. Like, I don't know what's been going down this year. I'm not great with planets and moons and stuff like that. Maybe somebody can fill us in. But there has been something going down this year. Um, And it's just more layers going deeper letting go like this year has been the year of letting go for me I don't know about you but oh my oh. god it's been oh my wild. god as you're saying this I'm like getting PTSD as I'm bloody actually feeling it because oh, I think this year has been the hardest year of my life and actually I think I say that every year I know <laughs> the hardest year of my life this year, like at the start of the year, I usually sort of get a word and I get a chain, a necklace made out of it. And I chose this word expanded because I remember at the end of what, like the year before, I was like, I want to sort of be expanded. I want to meet people that expand my consciousness. And, and I was sort of like declaring this thing that I wanted. I felt like I needed a challenge. And I don't know why I do this to myself because I actually get challenged all the time. I've had so many challenging things to navigate the last few years. <laughs> but then I'm like, I want expansion. And when I, I got this word and it said expanded and I wore it and I'm looking at the necklace now and I'm like, expanded. But I should have I should have said to, when I put that word out, expanded in a good way because I asked for it and I got it and it was not nice. It mm-hmm. was not nice because I was expanded to the point that I have felt like I've been on my knees so many times this year, like questioning everything, um, just being like, I can't do this old inner child stuff coming up again. I'm like, I thought I dealt with this. Here I am again. I don't feel safe. And I, I do think there's elements of when we are stepping into something new, when we ask for this, it's almost like universe is like yeah listen we'll give you that but are you really ready I mean are you ready because for you to you're saying you want expansion for you to step into your highest mission or whatever that is but to do that you need to have a bit of an ego death lady and you need to let go of some old shit here Um, and you really need to go back and look at fear again and, and safety and oh I 
so many times, Ellis, I've I've been like this year, what am I doing? I've gone backwards. I've gone bloody backwards. <laughs> yeah. So I'm the exact same doll, honestly. And like what you're saying, I actually remember. So it was my, we were talking about this earlier, it was my 30th in March this year. And uh, I remember a couple of weeks after my birthday, I was drinking cacao. And at the time, I was probably using cacao, like, not in the most intentional way. So I was drinking it, thinking, this is just going to help me let all this shit go, and it's going to be beautiful, and I'm going to be, like, dancing naked under the moon and all this shit that you imagine. (laughs) Like, these awakenings are going to be like. And I remember I'd been cacaoed out my nut, like, this whole week. And it was actually making me feel anxious, but... I was doing that whole thing of using like an external thing to try and make me feel a certain way. So instead of just doing what I knew I had to do and sitting with things and going into myself and doing all the stuff that I know, I was down in the cacao. Thing. And I love cacao, like, but I was just totally overusing and just not being intentional with it. And anyway, I remember I would be like, oh, pure ego shit. I don't mix my cacao with anything. Like, I just have it with water. I have, like, I can't even remember. I think it was, like, fucking 40 grams or something. Like, it was ridiculous, oh. right? And uh, anyway, I'm down in the cacao. And I was like, um, just help me let go of what's... Help me let go of what's, like, holding me back, what's not serving me anymore. And I'm no joking, doll. Literally, like, that day just all the shit started coming up, like external shit and internal shit. And it was just like so much stuff was getting thrown at me and it was like questioning everything that I had created that I thought was my existence from like people that I was friends with to, you know, clients to, you know, the way I felt about myself and the way I looked and just so much shit to the point where, I actually remember saying to one of my pals, I feel like fucking Gollum. Like, I feel <laughs> like I've been stripped back to, like, Gollum and been left out in the sun to, like, dry out naked bear. Like, I don't know who I am, what I'm doing, what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I just kept saying, I don't know. Like, I don't know. And this has been, like, the theme for me through this whole fucking year it's like letting go letting go and then I'm like right I've let go now can we get some good shit in here and then something else will come up and I'll be like but I've worked through this like why is this still coming up and only maybe in the past couple of weeks when I've really been like right do you know what I'm I'm letting go of control here I, I need to stop asking for things I need to stop having this expectation of right universe or invisible forces whoever you are like I'm doing the work why are you bringing me more shit it's letting go of that like expectation that because I'm going through this shit there has to be something good on the other side of it it's like this just is what I'm experiencing right now and there's a reason that I'm experiencing this right now and I just need to let go of the expectation that, oh, I just need to get through this and then I'll feel good again. 
it's like I just need to sit in it and feel how I'm fucking feeling, even if it is. I mean, total shite. Like, literally trying to drag yourself out of bed, trying to get in the shower, trying to brush your teeth. Every day is like Groundhog Day. And I think people expect that when you do this work, you're going to be, like, high-vibing all the time and positive vibes and all that. And I do find, like, so much gratitude in the wee things now, especially when I'm going through, like, the pure depths of despair. Like, I'll just look out the window and just, like, look at the trees or the rain or something like that, and I'll be like, ugh, do you know, it's all going to be all right. Like, it's going to be fine. But I think this year especially has been massive for me in terms of letting go and learning that actually there's no end result, there's no end goal. It's just like, what are you sitting in the now and what can you learn from it and why is it coming up and what is it teaching you rather than, right, I need to get through this period of shit so that I can get out the other side because that's not really doing the work. It's avoiding. Yeah. Oh, I got such goosebumps there when you were speaking and I think even people listening to this is going to really relate to that. And thank you for full transparency there because not enough people share that and I think people are scared to share it especially in our industry because their their fear is if I share that people won't want to work with me if I share people won't take me seriously why is anyone going to want to work with me if I am in a bit of a crisis or I'm having a struggle and I always try and share these things on the podcast because I say to people all the time never look at me and think I've got it together because um Yes, I have much more self-awareness now and I'm able to understand when the discomfort comes that I can't force it away and that there is something here to be learned. And when you were speaking there, Ellis, what was coming up when you were saying it was this control, your lesson almost is stop controlling. Oh, massively. Controlling or we're just going to keep bringing you back to this, this feeling again until you stop controlling and something else that you said Ellis which I absolutely relate to so much is the gratitude in the small things Mm -hmm. Um, like walking like I know this for people like what are you on about but seriously I used to walk about with my eyes shut like not like not really taking in like the sounds of the birds or nature or the vastness around us or like my kids and I mean they are they are big important things but like even just being able to sit together on a Saturday night and watch something <laughs> like the totally. me Daryl and the boys like by going through my my ego and having that like golem <laughs> I've, I've said that and it's it is a fucking horrible, horrible experience because there is this part of you that no matter, even because you've been through it before and I'll probably go through it again and so will you, yeah. but there's a part when you've had it for a few days and you're like, oh God, this isn't gone yet. Mm. Like, will it go? What if this is the day when it, what if this is the time when it doesn't go and this is the time? <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's always in a growth period. It is always in a growth period. And I think Massively. this year when it has been the biggest growth. And I've spoken to a lot of people um, who do deep work that have said this has been the year. And it's also been like a lot of past life stuff. Talk about oh, this yeah. past as well. And it's not everybody's jam, but it's absolutely mine. Past life stuff coming up. Like I'll give you an yeah. example. Um, this one for me. So like about for about a year, I've been like I've been driving since like I was young, 21 or whatever. And I was driving the car and I've taken the car and we tours myself and stuff and I've been fine. But in the last year, I've been driving the car and sometimes I'm driving along in the motorway and I just for a split second, I forget how to drive. Mm-hmm. And it's this moment of, oh, my God, I'm sitting in this car. Why am I driving? I don't know how to drive. And you're going at like 70 miles an hour and the sheer panic that comes over me and it just would last for like three seconds, four seconds, mm-hmm. which isn't long. But it's a moment of, oh, my God, what is happening? And then it passes, right? So it would only happen every couple of months. And then I just noticed it coming through more. And Daryl had said to me, maybe it's the wee car, because we've got a big car and we've got a wee car and I'm always in the wee putt-putt. And he's like, maybe it's the wee car and the motorways you're not feeling safe. So take the big car. And I was going through to my friends and I was driving at hers. Um, heal you and I was driving through to her she was doing lymphatic drainage I'm driving along the motorway and it happened about six times in the car to the point I thought I'm going to have to pull over onto the hard shoulder and stop because it was like I honestly didn't know how to drive the car and I thought I could cause a crash here this is actually really big like this is bloody serious and I thought like just and I'm like trying to breathe. I'm saying to myself, you're safe. You're, I'm talking, I'm actually talking to myself. I'm saying, I'm safe. I know how to drive. I'm absolutely safe. There's nothing going to happen to me here. It's okay. Like when I got to her, as I said, like, I want to share this with you. Like, this has come up for me. And to the point, I don't know if I can get back in the car to drive back to Bathgate. And her and I went, we're like, right. I said, I actually want to do some sway testing, you know, muscle testing. I yeah. said, I intuitively I don't think this is mine I think this is past life and because I've done a lot and I've really been on my my uh, like <sighs> golem this year I mm. feel like I've been really open um, and I'm like I just feel like this ain't mine so anyway long story short we did some muscle tests and it cleared it turned out it wasn't mine it was past life and actually we cleared it all I got back in the car I've never had it since and people will listen to this, right, and be like, you're mental, that's absolute bullshit. But it was probably a panic attack. It wasn't, right? I know the difference, right? It was something, yeah. it was it was not of mine. So when I spoke to Laura Pringle, who is my go-to person, she's like, Jill, you have no idea. She's every session I'm having with clients is about this right now. Past life stuff coming in, it's not theirs. And having to clear it. So just that's you talking about that, it is mental, that is wild because actually I've been doing some past life stuff as well this year and a lot of the things that have been coming up for me so we spoke about this before we hit record but for me in this lifetime anywho even like from childhood I've always kind of been a bit of an overthinker intrusive thoughts um, anxious feelings and 
for me, these things, and this will maybe trigger peeps, but for me, these things aren't conditions. Like, I don't believe anxiety is a diagnosed condition. I don't believe that intrusive thoughts are OCD. I believe that they are coping mechanisms and trauma responses from, you know, things that have happened to you in your early life, but also past lives. But anywho, we'll, we'll just deal with childhood stuff than her. Um so for me I've always been an overthinker like I said to you before we hit record I remember being a wee girl and always worrying what if my mum dies what if something happens to my mum like even when I would go to school I would on the face I would be happy like I wasn't the kind of kid that would be crying going into school or anything like that but there would always be this fear in the background of what if something happens to my mum and from the work that I've been doing, like, the past year especially, it's like, that's because my mum was my safety and she made me feel safe. And because I was a child, I didn't know how to make myself feel safe. So as you do, you rely on your caregiver to make you feel safe. Um, and so I used to always worry what if something happens to my mum. And as I've got older, it would be like, what if something happens to my kids? What if this happens? What if that happens? Like, there's just this element of fear. And when I'm really connected to that this year, it's like, that's not even anxiety. It's not intrusive thoughts. It's literally, I'm trying to create safety within myself because I don't feel safe. And so when I then went to do past life stuff this year as well, um which i done with an amazing girl for down, down my way. Um, and I'll continue to do because I did find it really insightful. It was almost like there was this other layer opening up. So for me, and we'll talk like more about like inner child and childhood stuff. For me, that's always been my jam. But it was like this other realm of expect expectation. That's not the right word, but this other kind of realm of possibility opened up and it was like actually you know this might not even be yours this might be from another lifetime from another experience that you've carried over and there were things like for me there was a lot of like abuse and stuff as well came up in my past life um which would make massive sense because again we spoke about this before we hit record but I would say I've always, especially in relationships, been more like in my masculine and not very good at being vulnerable, especially like with men and in relationships. You know, I would always, I would be the guy basically. And if you don't like it, then fuck off. That was the kind of vibe. Um, and that definitely comes from past life stuff as well as childhood stuff and even there was things like went into a past life and I think it was Japan I was in and it was so weird because the morning that I was going for this past life thing, um, my wee girl, she was on her trampoline and she <laughs> randomly said something to me about Japan and I was like, you're literally five, how do you even know what Japan is? Like that was, It was just so random and then I went to get this clearing done and the lassie was like, I'm seeing you like in Japan and you're pregnant. And I was like, holy shit, like that's wild that she's mentioned that. And I was pregnant and I think it was like out of wedlock and they were going to take my baby away. 
And so again, for me, something clicked and I'm like, this is why like, I'm so obsessed with keeping my kids safe and like almost over. And I know everybody wants to keep their kids safe, but for me, like I don't even let my kids out to play. Like it's crazy how much I want to. The fear's there. Mm-hmm. The fear, like it's mega. And so on a pure tangent, but there's so many things that when you start to open up to the past life stuff that you can go oh my god that's where this is happening in this lifetime that's where I need to learn from this shit and let that shit go or it's just going to keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back absolutely and I think that's the thing people and of course there is some things that are in our child and our our things and what we witness but the beauty of this is right the the past life thing but also the ancestral stuff because as you were talking I'm like that thing where I was like right that's not mine but you know what I've really learned through doing this work Ellis is not being attached to the story of it so knowing right this is not mine clear it because what I would me years ago would have went right I need to know the intricate details of it and like I'd get hooked on the story and that's the mind obviously trying to create a narrative around it and then but when we do that we just get hooked on the story but actually we don't need to know we just need to feel it or move it or shift it or whatever it is depending if it's past life or if it's your stuff or generational but what where I was kind of going with that was ancestral stuff and things that when you talked about like you were like the man in the relationship, I had a lot of masculine energy as well, but there was also a lot of real feminine energy and softness. The safety with the mum thing, massive for me. Yeah. I used to, because it was always just me, my mum and my sister. And my mum was always this, like I did weird things. Like if my mum was away out, I would sleep, wear a t-shirt. Like if we were seen at my granny's, I was like smelling my mum. <laughs> just that, I should have certain smell or clothes that smelled nice. And I always just felt like this safety, like with my mum, because I never really had a dad. And so I always missed her so much, but I internalised a lot of that because I always remember never wanting to make my granny feel bad or be difficult. So I don't want to stay at my granny's because my granny was great, but I didn't want to. And if my mum, like someone was babysitting us because my mum needed to get out, like, hello. But I always, there was an, a part of me as a maturity as a small child that knew that she needed to have friends and go out so I internalized a lot of my own emotions of I'm scared that she's not going to come back or like or I'm scared that I'm going to be on my own and I miss my mum and I'd cry at night and I wouldn't tell anyone so even learning like to internalize emotions as children they 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 we, 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 we don't want to upset anyone and be annoying or be a naughty kid so then we can internalise a lot and then that's where, where walls start to come up where we don't let people in because it's like I won't really express my emotions or um, it's not safe to or whatever that may be but the, the whole thing around like opening up to men I remember not believing that for me like when I first went on this journey I always looked at my partner of relationships and I would be like, yeah, it's the guy's fault because they would start to try and control me and then nobody's controlling me, so see you later. And I would end mm. the relationship. And the truth is, that was the truth. Like, surface level, that is what yeah. happened. But when I started to do my work, I realised, actually, yeah, they were showing up in a way that was trying to be controlling and that wasn't cool. 
but they felt so emasculated by my energy because I don't need you. Um, you're like you're here, but number one, never tell me what to do. And I, I never ever said it, but I gave that vibe. Yeah. It was there, they did me fuck with me. Didn't he try and fucking tell me what to do? So and they loved initially that strong, independent, bubbly, confident girl, but then it emasculated them and it triggered something in them. And so my pattern was a couple of years, then it was see you later. But I realized actually when we were talking about like past lives and all that, so much of this just didn't come from me. I learned this through what I saw and actually learned this because I I obviously my dad left my mum when my mum was seven months pregnant for I had multiple affairs, but um my mum was on her own and she must have really internalized a lot of that having to be a single mum in 1980 was really looked down on. Do you know it's not looked down yeah. on now, but it was back then. And uh, I always I, I knew that the my dad had said, look, give it up for adoption, wanted to get rid of me and stuff like that. And that never happened, obviously. But although I knew that as an adult, I knew that as a child without knowing it because I felt yeah. that. And I think that, and it only really started to come through for me is, yeah, I, I, I internalised these things as a child, but actually there was so much locked in from even probably being in my mum's womb of a million percent I'm not wanted or I'm not this do you know what I mean and I was so worried totally. by her, but knowing that energy because you're connected to your mother by this umbilical cord so any stress any emotions that she's feeling are being sort of moved in through you right and 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 you you are internalizing that and I remember doing ancestral stuff as well and going back to my granny and going back to my great granny who were in relationships where the women were kept down they weren't allowed to work they weren't they just had to sort of put up with stuff and mm. shit it went right back and I've I've been in circle before ALS where I've had like my ancestors the women all around me being like you're the one to break the chain yeah like and I know that sounds crazy for so many people like that maybe listen to this, but I know there's also people that get this that listen to the podcast. But I do believe I'm here to break that chain that I don't carry that on and pass that on to anyone else. Mm-hmm. I'm the exact same doll, like honestly. And it's wild, like the ancestral stuff. But I think the deeper you go with this stuff and the more, yeah. And it's not even like you've got the proof that, this stuff happened it's like you just know that you're here to do that and I'm the exact same but what you were saying about um like crying at night and stuff if you were at your grand's house I was the exact same like I would not stay with anyone when I was a wee girl I would not go on sleepovers I would not I wouldn't go anywhere because I literally just wanted to be with my mum all the time. But what I did recognise when you were saying that was like that whole self-abandonment and just totally checking out from your own feelings and your own emotions to please other people and make other people happy. And I think like I recognise that in my oldest as well so much he's very much like a oh I'll just do what everyone else wants to do kind of thing and I'm like 
that is that was me like so I was the youngest of five and I was the only girl Mm -hmm. so I was like totally put on this pedestal and just like the apple of everyone's eye because I was the youngest I was the baby and I was the only girl I had all these brothers and I remember being a wee girl and they were all quite a bit older than me and I remember being a wee lassie in school and people used to always say things like, oh, you're so lucky to have all those brothers and, oh, it must be amazing having all these brothers and all that. And I would kind of just be like, it just is what it is. But then I think over time you start to feel like, oh, well, I'm everybody keeps telling me how amazing this must be. And so I really started to self-abandon and want to make everybody else happy and want to play up to this part of being the good girl and being the apple everyone's eye and so the point I'm getting at is when I've been working through this stuff this year of you know letting go and maybe letting people down maybe not always being that person that you've always been the shame then starts to creep in so it's not only a I'm having to let go of who I thought I was or this person or this persona that I've created from fucking zero years old. You've been you've been creating this persona and you've been living up to it. And then all of a sudden it just clicks and you go, that's not even my truth. Like I'm totally abandoning everything that I feel and everything that I believe in and everything that I want to do because I've been playing this part. And so with the letting go and the golem and the fucking being hung out to dry and being reborn, whatever you want to call it, the shame then starts to creep in. And we spoke about this before we pressed record, but I said, like, I feel like it's like Cersei from Game of Thrones when she's walking through the street naked and everybody's shouting, like, shame, shame, shame. Like, that is what it feels like, but it's an internal battle. It's not from the outside, it's from the inside. Yeah. And when when you start to work like with the inner child, which I am like massive on for me, everything not everything, but most things are childhood. I think when you start to work with that, you start to go through the motions of realizing actually that you've not really been in your authenticity you've not really been in your truth you've you've created something you've self-abandoned and then with that letting go comes the shameful feelings because you do feel like you're letting people down but on the other side of that which I feel like I'm kind of stepping into at the minute I hope anyway but we'll see what happens I feel like it's almost like there's this pressure taking off you and you don't really know what you're up to and you don't really know where you're supposed to be at and there's this kind of funky feeling. But also it's like a weight's been lifted because you're like, actually, there's no fucking expectations. Like, I'm just going to sit in this the new and see where I go from here and that shame will probably come up again the golem shit will probably come up again, but it's like, I know from this past year that actually it's going to be all right. Like it's going to be 
okay and you're always going to come out the other side of whatever shit you're sitting in right now. Uh huh. And I think it's like reminding yourself that you asked for it. Like you didn't ask to feel shit, but you asked. Yeah. Like, like, take me to my truth. Help, like you said with the cacao. Even you're saying, um, like, help me release what no longer serves me. Okay, Ellis, we're going to help you release control. Yeah. Feel like shit, doll. You're going to feel yeah. like shit because you have built an identity and safety your whole life around this. So to let this go, you're going to feel like you're dying. Yeah, literally don't. And it's going to take a while because this part of you will feel like you're dying. It will do everything to hold on to you and keep you safe because we've created a life around dogs going wild. We've created this life around safety. And so you've got this this battle between head and like authenticity, like your true authenticity. And you're asking to be returned to your authenticity, but first... You're going to have to wade through everything that you've built your life around, which is not your authenticity. Control isn't your authenticity. It really isn't. Um, So you're on, like, you are exactly where you're meant to be. And I know when people say that, you're like, uh, but. (laughs) Because. I hate when you're where you're meant to be and you're like, fuck off. Obviously, I know, I know. I feel right now. But actually, as we're even just talking about this right now, we are. The problem is the ego is so is so strong that it's it's like you're gonna die. You're gonna Literally. die. So we're gonna try and hold on. And and so because you're not fully, you think you are, but because there's still a part of you that's not fully ready to let go of that identity. And this isn't just you, this is me and everyone. It's longer than it probably should. Mm-hmm. Because 100%. the surrender, we can go, we can surrender, but you're a human and you're not fully ready to surrender. So it's not going to be a quick one. It's going to take you a year. Totally, dog. I was actually reading a book the other day and um, you know when you're just sitting and then randomly something comes up and you go, oh my fucking God. It was like I just basically had this like realization and like going back to the childhood stuff, like inconsistency and change, even fucking recently, is a massive trigger for me because it does not make me feel safe. I even remember being a wee lassie and I would like do the exact same routine every morning. And if something happened that change that I would be shitting myself I'd be thinking oh my god something bad's going to happen because I've not done this same routine the same way now if I went to a doctor and told them that they would probably say oh you've got OCD I don't have fucking OCD I literally had a trauma response I was trying to self-soothe I was trying to make myself feel safe but even now I can see elements of that creeping in but anyway um and it was like I was sitting on the train coming back to London with the Waynes and I just thought this life is literally just a constant cycle of birth, change, death, birth, change, death. Maybe not even specifically in that order, but I just thought to myself, like nothing is ever going to be the same. And see if I'd have said that to myself even a year ago or at the start of this year, I would have been like, ugh arse collapse fuck I'm so scared like what's going to happen what's going to be and see now 
I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't still bring stuff up, but it's like, I like nothing is ever going to be the same. Like everything's constantly changing. This death and rebirth, even from the moment you're born to the minute you're you die, that's just another cycle of birth and death that you're going through for your entire existence while you're here. Mm-hmm. And see in that moment. And again, I'm not saying that that won't come up again and I won't be going, ah, fuck, I'm scared. But in that moment, it was as if for like a split second, I was like at peace with that. And there was no attachment to that. And it just was. And I feel like that was because I was creating presence within my body. So there, I wasn't in my head. I was in my body. I had created a moment of presence where I just went, all right, cool. That, oh, that's that. And I know that feeling so well, Ellis, because when you have it, it's like the switch is turned on and you feel like a weight's lifted off you. Yeah. It's like you get it. You're like, oh, I get it. And do you know what's funny? What you said again, it'll happen again. It'll happen again. Oh, totally. happen again because we have layered upon layer, upon layer, upon layer, upon layer of humanness. And yeah. everyone else's shit and everyone else's stuff and and all the conditions of how we're supposed to be. And of course, when we go on this journey that we've we've been on for a few years now, as we question things now, it's like, mm. whoa, whoa, I've been really walking about with my eyes shut a lot in my life, just conforming and thinking, well, that's the way it's supposed to be. And why would anyone lie to us? And you know, why would they? Because, you know, everyone's good. But actually, it's so self-empowering when the penny drops and when you're like, there's no fight to be had here. This internal fight that I'm having is with ego, with mind and with body, um, with real soul and spirit. And actually, it's like, your soul's over there with its feet up, lighting a fag, being like, whenever you're ready, I'm just here kicking back. Whenever you're ready to get out of your like crazy humanness that you're just like going round and round and you're looping and leaking constantly this energy mm-hmm. and your loop here, like just whenever you're ready, come over. And I've shared with you this morning as well, like I was working with this part and it's like a technique that we teach in IPA and it's, and I've done it with, with my clients and, and doing it with myself this morning on something that came up around fear and actually just saying, right, I'm feeling it in my body. My body's having a response to fear about something. Now I'm going to sit with it and let fear speak to me. And fear just went, you're bad, you're a bad mom, you should be ashamed of yourself, no one's going to take you seriously, everyone's going to talk about you and you're going to upset your family and you're going to upset this. And and it went on, it was like a full page of, you're a bastard basically, Jill, you're actually shit and everyone will hate you and you're a loser and this and that. And I just thought, don't judge it, just let fear work with that part and let it express and it did. And then I worked with the other part of the humanness of Jill and like, okay, let Jill speak now. So we've let fear speak, let Jill speak and then come in as the higher self and be the observer. And it was so powerful. I was about an hour in it. And that was that moment, Ellis, where the penny dropped. And it's one thing, and I say this to people all the time, it's one thing hearing it on a podcast or reading it in a book and saying, I know that and that's me and I get that. 
But that's different from when the penny drops and you do the work yourself and it lands and you can take a breath and and all of a sudden that fear, it's like we've wrapped our arms of love around fear and it just dissipates. Mm. It dissipates and it goes and it's like, I'm going to be okay. That's that's the moment, isn't it? It's like the holy, it's like the holy grail where you're like, oh God, right, I'm going to be okay. I totally do. And it's like you feel as if in that moment, like the brain's not talking to you and you can just breathe and there's just nothing. And it's fucking stunning. It really is. But you need to kind of do the work to get there, I guess. Um, I was going to say something there and I can't remember what it was. I can't remember. You'd said something and I was like, oh my God, yes. And now I can't remember what it was, Drat. It will maybe come back to you. <laughs> I think it is just that listening to podcasts like this, ALS, and reading the books are so great, but it means jack shit if you're not willing to do the work. Like, Aye, totally. She's the, the surface. And I know I bang on about this and some people probably roll their eyes, but honestly the biggest gift and most self-empowering thing you can do is like do all that you can to return to your authenticity now I talk about this a lot authenticity isn't just like being like me like I I believe that a part of my mission Alice is to share things so that it helps other people to share I think I'm like I, I come at it from a relatability perspective where I'm not a way up on a pedestal and I'm not like unreachable. People can relate and say, well, if she can do it, I can do it. And that inspires me to maybe have that boundary or have that conversation or say what I need to say. So as part of my mission, I do think there is something there that's like, Jill, you need to be a voice and help people to have their voice. But that's part of my authenticity. Your authenticity might be that you're not a sharer naturally to hold back and to like really hold your own truth of whatever that is for you. It doesn't mean that you need to spill your guts and, and share everything. It might be, but it's just like, how do you return to, to your own inner peace? Like I, I believe your, your authenticity is your inner peace and everyone wants it. When you think about it, Alice, like nobody, people might say, oh, I'd love more money. I want this, more that. And that's great, right? Actually, when it when it comes out to brass tacks, people want inner peace. They want to go to bed at night and feel like shit. They want to wake up in the morning and not the first thought they feel is anxiety or whatever that is or fear. They want to be able to, even if they feel it, know how to work with it. And the only way to do that is to do the work, like to yeah. actually have that, make that journey of and not look at like, well, I'm going to do it in a month or two months or three months. Like every day think about what's one thing I can do that makes me feel like I'm being true to me or I've I've got a sense of that felt like inner peace for me. It might be a walk. It might be saying no. It might be saying yes. Whatever that is, even though it's scary, even though it feels fearful, how how can I do that? How can I do one thing every day even no matter how small it is that brings me a sense of inner peace for me Um, Mm. and I just want to say one thing for to ask you what your advice is on that and as for me I've said this before again if you're listening to this and you're new 
the best way to do that is to regulate your nervous system because if your nervous system is not regulated it's a fucking it's hard enough <laughs> so trying to do it when your system's not regulated is near on impossible and you you just end up can really make things feel worse in your body like literally taking two minutes a day just to breathe with conscious intent behind it to say breathe in breathe out just nervous system regulation and bringing in safety like vagal tone work things like that that you can get on youtube that really help to regulate your nervous system so that so that you can go in to those darker parts of yourself and be able to sit in the discomfort but you need a a regulated nervous system first Mm -hmm. what's your thoughts on that my love oh like absolutely everything I'm just sitting listening to you talk like "Mm, I feel it I'm in it um but yeah like so for me when you say your authenticity for me I always say your essence so return to your essence and again it's just fucking words but I feel like it's a word that I whatever works for you like so for me I always say to people like return to your essence just like close down your eyes hand on heart for me even I don't really like doing guided meditations anymore I feel like for now anyway I've kind of let that part go because again that's an external force you're looking for something out of that like so for me now well I've got gooses for me now I like close down my eyes hand on heart and I just like sat and just breathe and just really becoming aware of the breath and focusing on the breath and I like to like visualize so I just visualize like my body there's no boundary between my body and like what's outside of my body I visualize like there being space between every cell in my body so I might be focusing my leg and my eyes are closed and I'm visualizing I can feel my leg I'm aware of my leg and there's no boundary between, you know, what's there right now and what's outside of that. And I really visualise there being so much space between the cells. Like, I visualise myself not being dense and heavy. I visualise myself just being emptiness and allowing light in and really allowing just everything to be as one, but also to be nothing at the same time if that makes sense and I say that a lot and people are probably like fucking contradicting yourself there but once you feel it you'll know what I'm talking about it's like and this year I've really been trying so hard to work with the body feel like previous years when I've done this stuff it's all about kind of mindset and trying to get my mindset into a different space and working through beliefs and programs and childhood stuff whereas now I feel like I've moved into a different space where it's like more into the body rather than just in the head so for me working with those two in harmony has been massive not looking at external things like the guided meditations which I do still love but I feel like for now I'm kind of stepping away from that and almost moving into the self-trust that actually I don't need to go on an app and listen to a meditation to feel this way like I can do this for myself I can regulate myself um so just really connecting to the body for me is massive 
I feel like journaling, I mean, I fucking love journaling. I talk about it all the time because for somebody that has been an overthinker, has felt anxious feelings and thoughts before, I feel like getting them out of your head and onto the paper is massive. Um, and when you're talking about the fear earlier on, doll, and you were talking about that exercise that you and Sarah teach in IPA, for me, when I'm working with clients the and we're doing like kind of inner child stuff, the first question I always ask is either tell me or write down your first three childhood memories and what you felt in that moment. And for most people, it's fear. And so I really believe that when you say to somebody like off the top of your head, what's your first three childhood memories and how did you feel in those moments? It will be fear. It will be scared. It will maybe be unsure. It will maybe be small. But for me, that kind of stuff is key to recognising what kind of programme your subconscious is living from. Does that make sense? I don't know if I've explained that very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So even just things like that, like we're not saying that you need to be going out and taking the mushies. Like if that doesn't vibe for you, don't do it right now. We're not saying you need to go to the jungle and drink fucking ayahuasca. Like if that doesn't vibe for you, don't do it right now. But what do you feel called to do? And for me, simple wee things like that, like just really focusing on your body and breathing getting a notepad, writing down how you're feeling, asking yourself, I say to everybody, ask yourself, where does this come from? Where did this begin? What does this mean? Where do I feel it in my body? Like pure basic questions, but asking yourself these questions and writing down the answer, like is really going to be key to finding out more about yourself and finding out where your beliefs and programmes come from, where you're holding this shit in your body and where you can really start to let it go from. So beautiful, so beautiful and so self-empowering as well, not relying on someone else to do it. And I think, you know, you mentioned about the guided meditations, Ellis. I'm the same as you, I never do them now. People do mine and they'll probably do yours, Ellis. Aye. People need at the start, um, and I did as well when I found a good one, it would get me into that space. It would help guide yeah. me. Now yeah. it's, uh, I just sit in silence. I'll sit in stillness sometimes for half an hour and just breathe and just be patient and to see what comes through. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes there's not a lot that lands. Um, but I don't, I'm very similar to you that way noticing what you notice. And I love that you said the vastness and the space around you and the nothingness. And actually, that's where the, the gold is, right? It's like we realise that, I'm like, none of it is real. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> though. None of it's real. But it's like so magical. And we realise how we're just very much stuck in this humanness mm. and set of rules and conditions. And the more time that we can spend creating safety in our body you mentioned working with the body a lot that's it it's like not being caught up in the story working with the body and intuitively because we're so highly intuitive every one of us oh God, yeah. 
like got a bit lost on the way or given our power away. But actually, the more that we can sit in the stillness, the more that we can keep returning, keep returning to your essence, to your authenticity, even though it doesn't feel like it, your intention is there to do it, you sit in it, you keep returning, keep returning, keep returning. It's like the intuition light goes on and it's like, well, you mm. just know things. You just know, okay, straight away I'm drawn to the liver or I'm drawn to the... Oh, I've got a pain in my lower back. Like, okay, let's sit in stillness and see what that is. Oh, right. Okay, there's this. I've got a pain in my stomach. Okay, what is this? It's fear. I don't feel like it's fear. Okay, let's sit with that a little bit longer. Well, actually, it is. Hold on. What am I scared of right now? And asking, like you said, asking those questions and getting really curious because we know the answer. You know the answer. You do. It's Absolutely. your body that's reacting. Why would someone outside of you know what that is? Totally. You know what it is, it's your body that's having a, a trauma response or a response to something. Ask yourself because yeah. you do know, and I think sometimes it's having the patience and a little bit of discipline to say it yourself every day, but seeing it as something beautiful instead of a chore, seeing it as every mm. time I sit with myself in stillness, I'm that little step closer to my essence or to my authenticity, whatever word resonates for you. I love that word essence. It feels very pure. Mm. It feels like a beautiful energy. Yeah. So yeah. Oh my God, I have loved this conversation. <laughs> Me too, doll. I feel like um just, I know. just I enjoying know. the really I honestly hope that <laughs> anyone listening to this really gets something even a, a wee nugget or two um, from this podcast. Ellis, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved, loved, loved our combo, our double combo this morning, the recorded one and the one before. <laughs> I, know. I know. Thank you so much. Thank you.